You're listening to the Speechy Side Up podcast, episode number 10. Today we are joined by Amanda Schomburg of Panda Speech. Amanda runs a successful TPT store and is known for her awesome no prep products, lift the flat books, and thumbprint activities. In this episode, we discuss Amanda's role as a coach for the Special Olympics, her journey as a mom of a child with autism, and her favorite place she has ever visited on her family road trips. You're listening to the Speechy Side Up podcast with Kim and Vanita. Just two SLPs in a pod who love their field and supporting fellow SLP bosses. This podcast will cover the flip side of traditional speech and language therapy so you get inspired and learn from experts in the field. Here are your hosts. When they are not working together on their social book series, Lou Knows What to Do, Vanita can be found traveling or drinking matcha lattes. Kim can be found running marathons or fueling her coffee addiction to function as a mom to a preschooler and an infant. Together, they are serving up some informative and fun topics in Speechy Side Up. Hey everybody, Kim and Vanita here. Welcome to the Speechy Side Up podcast. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. This podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment. You can also follow us on Instagram at Speechy Side Up, S-P-E-E. C-H-I-E-S-I-D-E-U-P. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. Today we have Amanda Schomburg of Panda Speech. She's a fellow TPT speechy with an affinity for travel. Amanda, you're so well known for your no prep products and lift the flat books, as well as your fun Arctic kits, like your thumbprint activities. We can't wait to talk to you today. So before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about who you are, what your journey has been, and what you do today? Sure. Hello, everybody. Um, so when people ask me about my journey, I always have to say it was kind of not the conventional path that most people take to become an SLP. Um, because while I was in grad school, I was also a social, social worker for child protective services. So that was pretty difficult. But the reason I did that is because I was um, divorced really early and I had a newborn. So I was a single mother. So I decided to do grad school part-time while I worked as a social worker. So it took me almost four years to get that master's. But you know what? I did it. And I also had a four-year-old when I was done. So, Oh, oh my goodness. Was, Props to you. That's amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. And now I'm a school-based SLP in a small um, school in Texas. I'm the only SLP here. I serve all three schools, you know, from your three-year-olds to your seniors. So... Sometimes it's lonely, um, but sometimes I like it because I get to kind of run the show how I want to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Very cool. Thanks that's for sharing really cool. about your background. I didn't know all of that. <laughs> I didn't know that either. I always have so much respect for people who went through grad school and did it with kids because I did not have any children when I went through grad school, which was probably like 10 or 11 years ago. And um you know, and I did have some mom friends at the time who went through it and I, I thought I could sympathize, but I didn't realize how truly difficult it was until I had kiddos of my own. And I see just how simple work tasks can be challenging oh, yeah. at home. So I know the study groups, I'm like, okay, if you got to do it at my house after bedtime or I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> now, how'd you, how'd you um, get into TPT or, or when did you open your TPT shop? Um, I opened it in about 2012, I think. I always, it's either 2011 or 2012, somewhere in there. And I actually started creating books for my son, and I have them for free on, um, to download, and they're called 
they're, or they're about Dougie. So my son's middle name is Douglas. So the whole series is about this little boy, Dougie. And I have one I just released for back to school. It teaches um, school supplies vocabulary. So you can go and download that. Um, one of my coworkers one day said, have you heard of TPT? You know, these books are great. You should look into it. And so kind of went from there. Oh, cool. That's awesome. <laughs> Very cool. I actually, um, I just used your classroom following directions on Friday and the kids loved it. They loved the picture uh, and freestyling it. And I actually got a lot of spontaneous language out of that because some of my kiddos were requesting, like, you know, I, I was doing the following directions piece of it. And um, some of them were like, no, I want to color it this color. Or I want to color it that color. So I, I didn't want to squelch their creativity and I kind of let that right. happen. But um but it, that it always happens with that resource. I kind of am the same. I kind of let them go for it after a while. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Because I feel like we all like to be in control in one way or another. But um, so do you have a favorite product? And like, what are you most excited about right now? Well, I know everyone, if you follow me on Instagram, you're going to see all about thumbprint activities. And I just really love them. My kids love them. They're, they just bring a different element into the session. So I'm kind of obsessed with those. And that's why I've made like 30 different theme packs. <laughs> I have to have one for every theme. And the other one I would say I'm most excited about is my toy companion series. Um, because I've always said that if a child can relate to an activity, there's greater engagement for learning. So I pull out toys that they have home or in their classroom, they're going to be able to relate to it and then get excited about it. And so I made yeah. these mats to make it easy for therapists to use the toys with um, their clients to meet their goals and objectives. Very cool. Very cool. Awesome. And um, you've been very open in sharing that your son has autism. You even wrote an article for ASHA about it. Do you mind sharing a little bit about that experience? Yes, I was very excited to get to write that article. Um, basically, the gist of that article was how being an SLP has made me a better mom and how being a mom has made me a better SLP because my child is on the autism spectrum. And, you know, I have firsthand experience of what it's like to try to make it to the OT appointment, to the speech appointment, to a social group, and then also develop the visual schedules at home, the behavior charts, um, collaborating with his teachers, his therapists, all those different things, you know, that us as professionals, we we kind of expect these parents to do, but I realize it's really hard sometimes when you're juggling real family life. And I, you know, he has two brothers um, and there's all, all these other elements in people's lives, housekeeping, you know, paying bills, <laughs> just doing all that. So I feel like it has helped me understand, you know, inside their family life and all the dynamics that goes into it. And so when I develop um, plans of care, I really look at what, how we can bridge therapy to home. And I've done that personally. So I think it, it's just, it's such a good perspective to have. And I have a, a, a little bit of a similar scenario in that my son has like, always had a little bit of artic issues going on. He also has a little bit of stuttering. And I think it might be that developmental preschool stuttering, but we'll see what happens with it. Um, right. But after he got through, you know, those the, the run of the mill, like the Arctic drills, um, you know, actually correct, you know, where, where the kids always struggle is transferring it over to conversational speech, even though, you know, they can make the sound and, you know, like right. just them resetting that. And I feel like for years I've been telling parents, you know, you have to make sure that when you're home with them, not, you know, in public in front of people, it's really important that you're working with them on making that sound and conversational speech. But then like, like from the mom's standpoint, I felt kind of like, 
I really had to pick my times of when I was going to correct him because I could see him getting frustrated. I actually had to wait till he was a little bit older, like just because he was getting sensitive when I would correct him. And like, you know, I didn't want to devalue what he was saying. And it, and I also saw too, like this advice that I've been giving parents for years, it was a little harder to put into practice and definitely a little harder when your kiddo gets sensitive about their communication because they expect you to, to be the one that they most easily communicate with, you know? So just, it, it is eye opening when you're on the other side of the speech advice, you know? Well, my son knows I'm a speech pathologist. And so we do social thinking and we were doing the Superflex by Michelle Garcia winner, who's mm-hmm. like my absolute hero. Mm-hmm. And so I would say Talon rock blade, uh, rock brain is invading your brain and you better get him out of there. You're going to get in trouble. And he'd be, he'd just like, mom, you're not my speech pathologist. That's Miss <laughs> I'm like, I know <laughs> we're going to work on it at home because rock brain has the most trouble at home. Okay. And then glass man comes and it's just a big mess. So, <laughs> so yeah. Oh my gosh. I saw on Instagram, you had like a really cool activity. It was a social thinking, I think companion with the brain. Where did you get that brain? So that's on Amazon and it's a zombie brain mold for Halloween. And it's actually part oh. of the Superflex um, program. And it it comes in the lessons and you stick little um, ways your brain helps you be flexible and the kids pull it out. And then we talk about it. It's such a fun lesson. Just so gooey. (laughs) Here's a tip. If you're going to do it, make two and let them eat the second one. If allergies and all that is approved at your facility, you know, whatever, because they always want to eat the brain. And the first time I did it, I didn't bring an extra one. I'm like, we can't eat the brain we've been picking at. So I bring two. <laughs> oh my gosh, so fun. <laughs> Definitely gonna do that. Yes. That's oh a good gosh. Halloween like week activity. I know. I'm so yeah. excited. I'm just thinking yes. right rolling into the zone where this is great. Well, one of my followers said they have them at the dollar store, Dollar Tree of the molds, and I was like, What? So you might check there too. Yeah. I know. <laughs> oh, no. oh my gosh, it's gonna be so fun. Awesome. So actually, I also think this is really amazing. This is like goals in my life. So you have been a Special Olympics coach. Tell me a little bit about this. What have you coached and uh, just what was the experience like? I'm so interested in this. Well, I actually started being um, a coach when I was in high school. I was an assistant coach for track and, and basketball. I went to college, you know, and I always wanted to get back into it, but I never did. So um, about three years ago, I joined the board for our area, Special Olympics, and I, I started coaching out a lot of sports. But then my husband was like, you are never home. Stop volunteering for things. <laughs> so now I only coach track and swimming or aquatics. And um, I'm also a certified lifeguard. So it kind of all, you know, the swimming, it ties in together. Um, it is one of the most valuable experience anyone could ever do. I mean, it's... It's just to see the accomplishments. You know, we have a goal at the beginning of the season and to see these athletes meet those goals and exceed them most of the time, it's just, it's just so cool. And it's, there's such positive energy with these athletes. There's, um, you know, I think sports and activities are important for all people, um, but the positivity I get, because I've coached my son's little leagues and it's not as positive as Special Olympics. So, you know, so that's why I love it. And um, I also, you know, I've been in this community. I live in a smaller town. So get, I get to see athletes who used to be, you know, my speech students when they were in preschool and now they're, you know, adults or teenagers competing. So that's another thing that I really love about it. Um, and the swimming is just so much fun. I mean, who doesn't love 
swimming. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. I feel like I really like that. So how long does the season go typically before the event? Well, we have um, 12 weeks of practice and then we have a big event. So it's, oh, it's not like games every weekend. It's training, training, training event. And um, I just think that's, you know, we, from day one to the event, the changes, because they're learning the backstroke, they're learning the breaststroke, the freestyle. They have to do, um, you know, this, you know, the same standard as other swimming competitions. Um, now, yes, there are some athletes that qualified for, you know, adapt, um, adaptive swim and stuff like that. But most of my athletes, I mean, you have, you can't break the backstroke or you're disqualified. Like it's pretty. Oh, wow. Yeah. In track and field, I have kids, uh, well, athletes, there's adults, kids to adults, you have to be eight and then you qualify. Um, so you can be eight to 108. And, um, so I, in track, we run the 100 meter, we run like relays, we do, um, shot put, a uh, uh, long jump, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's, and, it, and every week we have to train and it's some days it's, we train really, really hard. <laughs> oh my gosh. I really love that. Um, yeah. Do you feel like being an SLP has helped, like it helped some of your technique as a coach for like communication or do you use visuals or like, do you, I don't know. I just yes. feel like I could see the two going together really well. I'm the typical SLP. I can't ever turn it off. So of course I have backup communication boards at every practice for, cause I have some nonverbal athletes. I have visuals. I have, I mean, we do all of, all of the above, especially for swimming because learning these different strokes, it's, you know, with the visual of the stroke, it really helps them. So yeah, I, I can't turn off my SLP-ness when I, um, during my coaching sessions. <laughs> SLP-ness, I don't know I, if that's I, I, I was just laughing about that. I love it. That's awesome. I've done a little bit of guide running for people with disabilities who are interested in running long distance events. Oh, wow. Um, so I do that through, I've done that through run, the Run Disney events. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but they do, Run Disney is like a sect of Disney and they shut down. Wow. The, and they do, um like half marathons and full marathons, 5Ks, 10Ks, all the race distances through the parks in the early morning before the parks would open anyway. Um, and they're pretty big. Like the Disney Marathon has like 20, 30,000 people. So they get quite a few people. And I've met some, just had some really great experiences just doing um, the guide running for that. I've actually run with people who um, are blind or, or just have visual disability um, and I feel like every time I do this, I just meet the most amazing people. And I think I get more inspired than like yeah. than doing the inspiring, I guess. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but the, like the, the woman that I met that had a visual disability um, was born in, I can't remember the island that she was born in, but um, it was basically a, t a setting where like, if you have a disability, your parents are like, okay, well, you could just stay home for the rest of your life and do nothing with your life. And she really didn't want to take that route. Um, and she wound up moving to Florida, becoming an engineer, working for the military and developing flight systems and has even flown planes. Wow. Wow. A major visual disability, like, because she made the argument that pilots really have to kind of feel the cockpit with their, with their fingers because their, their eyes are not looking at the, all those different digits on the board. Um, so just how interesting, you know, and I also met a woman who was uh, a Vietnam vet and also suffering cancer. And she was like, I'm sorry, I'm going slow today. My chemo is like hurting my feet. And I was like, yeah, you're a slacker. <laughs> it's just, but it's been such an amazing experience. 
but that's a, always like a one-shot deal. Like you meet the person the morning of the race and then just right. be with the event. But I always think about the Special Olympics because I feel like it must be so rewarding and amazing watching someone progress through months of training, you know? Right. So. Cool. Yeah, it, it, it really is. And I have some of the kids that go to my school on my team, which just, you know, I just love that too. Oh, <laughs> but some, that's wonderful. Sometimes when they first come to practice, they look at me like, oh my God, is she going to make me do speech? Why is she here? You know? <laughs> <laughs> but they find out I can switch off and on. <laughs> that's awesome. That's so great. So I love traveling and I am kind of obsessed with your travel maps and all the road trips that you've gone on with your family. Uh, I know I asked you what was your favorite trip and I, it's hard to choose, um, but give us like a couple favorites or tell people about the road trip in case they haven't seen it yet. Okay, so basically our goal is to have seen all 50 states by the time my oldest son graduates high school, which it's five more years now. And Currently, we have 36 states done. So we're on track. We're good. We have our plans. And so basically, we take our kids. We started when they were four, five, and six all over the U.S., and we stop at every major historical site, every national park. So these kids basically, as they've been learning history, have been there. You know, most of, if you know, all the Texas history, they've seen it all. But we just went to D.C., and, you know, we got into the White House thanks to our congressman, they were in the White House and got a personal tour of the Capitol building from his interns. Like, oh amazing. And it was free. So call your congressman if you're going to D.C., but six months in advance, and it's not guaranteed. So anyway, uh -huh. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's kind of what we're doing. And we told our kids, you know, you can explore the rest of the world on your own dime when you're grown up, but we'll, we'll get all 50 states for you. And so then I create, I take this little panda with me named Pip, and I kind of make it a fun little game. And so I take pictures of little Pip all over the U.S., and then I make these maps of, to show where Pip and my family have been. And it's kind of crazy after I made those maps. I was like, oh my gosh, that's pretty intense. But my favorite trip, I'm from Montana. I was born in the, the mountains in Flathead Valley near Glacier National Park. My husband had never seen it. And so I got to take him there. And that place is just so majestic. There's something about the mountains of Montana, the Rockies, that just... I can't describe it. Just go there. Everybody just go there. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> but, go there. Yeah. Um, my grandmother's address. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> she's awesome. She's still there. She's 90 and weighs like 80 pounds and is four foot seven. She's like this little teeny lady. I love her. Um, <laughs> she doesn't want everyone coming though. Um, but yeah, that would have to be my favorite trip. But, you know, but this last one, I mean, we getting to go inside the White House. I mean, that's going to be a lifetime memory. So I don't know. Awesome. Very cool. I love DC. I honestly like recommend DC to a lot of people because everything is free there. Like for yeah. the most part, like all of the monuments, the museums are free and it's, you know, kind of all within walking distance. Mm -hmm. So I love. Well, my kids really loved it. Cause I usually say, you know, we're not stopping by that gift shop. I, I paid 80 bucks a piece to get in here, but at the Smithsonian's I'm like, Everyone gets a t-shirt. You get a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> they were so excited. They're like, who are you? I'm like, oh, this is me. <laughs> this is I'm Smithsonian Oprah just for today. <laughs> no globe, you got it. <laughs> um, I did want to know, what is the significance of the panda and panda speech? So I get this question a lot. Um, it's kind of not that deep, but... Um, my favorite animal growing up was a panda, 
And for some reason, I have no idea why, my mom used to call me Demanda Amanda Panda. I mean, I have no, re- I have no idea why she would call me that. <laughs> so it was a nickname as well. And Amanda Panda was more the nickname, but Demanda got thrown in there sometimes. And I don't know. <laughs> Did you have a nickname when you were younger? No, not really. Um, I was Vanita Chiquita Banana Head. <laughs> oh I know. <laughs> Can I call you that now? No. Is that allowed? <laughs> if you want to sit outside. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh. Should we play our game? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, awesome. Okay, so we collected a couple states from your recent road trips, your last two. And you can pick the state. We're going to pick something that goes with that state. And you can tell us, you're so creative, how you would use that in speech therapy. Okay? Okay. Sounds good. Why don't you pick three states for us out of Arizona, California, Tennessee, and Pennsylvania? Okay. I'll do Pennsylvania, um, California, and Tennessee. Okay, great. So, California is known for their production of grapes. Tell us how you might use grapes in speech therapy. Okay, well, I would print out a page with some grapes on it and then use their thumbprints. I'm sorry, I always come. (laughs) It's the best. I try it once. There's some free ones on my website. I promise your kids will love it, but use washable ink and keep wet wipes nearby. But anyways, I would make a a bunch of grapes with their thumbprints while they practice our tick or their language goals. And if I had real grapes, we would just eat them and enjoy them. <laughs> I was thinking too, I like like around Halloween, like using the grapes, like to the eyeball. Yes. Like bins, but <laughs> that would oh be goodness. fun too. Yes. Oh my gosh. I didn't even think about that. Cause I'm like obsessed with those water beads, but I'm like, those can't be good for the kids. Like, especially if they swallow them, you could use grapes. I know that's true actually. Oh. And they just sent out an email at my school. They banned the water beads Did they? because wow. of apparently they're, they're really not safe if you ingest them, which makes sense. I yeah. mean, like, they're not really like looking non-toxic or something, but they're not your uh, Play-Doh, I guess. But they do but. look like those Bobo, you know, those Bobo tea beads. So I can see why some kids may want to drink them or eat them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's actually, uh, I was, I watched, or I saw like an ad on Facebook the other day. They're trying to like cut down waste, like plastic waste. And so there's these like water balls and they're made from like seaweed and you just ingest it. But I was like, that's kind of weird. Oh <laughs> yeah. I don't know, I don't know if I'll be trying that. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so Pennsylvania known for Hershey Park and chocolate. How would you use chocolate in your therapy room? Well, chocolate, you know, you can always do a camping theme and make s'mores. I've done that. So that would be a good way. Of course, you know, you got to always check with all the parents, make sure everyone can eat chocolate. But if not, I mean, I'm sure you could leave that off, but here's a tip for that. You can use pretend marshmallows and roast them and then get marshmallow paste to smooth on the graham cracker. So you pretend to roast the marshmallow and then blow, pretend to blow it out, obviously. And then um, use the marshmallow paste to make this more. I've done that as a group therapy session and it is a huge hit. 
awesome. but I always leave the leftovers in my room and then I eat them like for a week after and it's terrible. <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't just me. <laughs> me too. Me too. Like, out of here. Oh my gosh. My old roommate and I would always joke about that because if I would leave her for one day, like I, w- I didn't come into work that day. She's like, why did you leave me? And she's showing me like she's eating out of the box. Of <laughs> <laughs> no self-control. Oh my gosh. I understand. All right, and last one, Tennessee, known for the Grand Old Opry, country music. How would you use country music in your therapy room? Country music. Hmm. Well, you know, country music is really good for like line dancing. So you could actually create like a sequence for following directions and make it like a fun therapy line dance. How fun would that be? That's awesome. I'm really actually going to put that in my like little plan. That sounds like now to find an appropriate country song. Cause I was thinking boot scoot boogie. Cause that's like, (laughs) that's the best one. If you don't know that song, please look it up. It's still, I know that song. That is a really good one. I'm actually yeah. a really big fan of Friends in Low Places by Garth Brooks. Also oh, yeah. not appropriate really for therapy, but still love right. it. <laughs> Maybe just the instrumental part of it. You can find a karaoke version or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm going to have to play Boot Scoot Boogie on this episode. Like <laughs> that'll be our outro music or something. <laughs> I'm sorry that when I hear it, I get excited and it's embarrassing because <laughs> most people... <laughs> Oh my God. I love it. Oh my gosh, this has been so fun. Yes, it has. I wish we could talk forever. I know. <laughs> it went by so quick. Sadly, I could, and you have to cut me off. <laughs> that's like an occupational hazard. I think that's all of us. <laughs> oh man. Well, thanks again, and it's been such a pleasure speaking with you. Yeah, until next yeah. time. Okay, see you guys later. We had an awesome time speaking with Amanda, and if you guys enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review. It really means a lot to us as a small podcast just starting out, and we'd like to read a review of the week. So this one is from my girl, Erin Larson, and she said, such a great podcast. You'll learn and you'll laugh. I can't wait to hear future episodes. Great job, ladies. Thank you, Erin. You're awesome. And we appreciate all of you guys who are listening to this podcast.